so here we go. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Hey, my name is Robert. I'm one of the pastors here. If you, there you go. Somebody's excited about Robert. Amen. Amen. I know. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to wrap my mind around a timer here that I see on the screen. So make sure I stay on track. So I hope you guys help me out here because I, I cannot go over the time. And if I do go over the time, I will say send all your requests to Pastor John about that. Amen. Amen. Hey, um, anyway, good morning, everyone. All right, whoa, Ooh, everybody's awake. What about my Spanish people? Buenos dias. ¿Cómo está todo el mundo? Bien. Qué bendición. Gloria a Dios. Gloria a Dios. Let's do it. Hey, if you're joining us online, hey, my name is Robert. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're here for the first time, that's who I am. I'm excited to actually bring the word to you guys this morning. It is a privilege to actually stand here. As we know, we have an amazing preacher, Pastor John, right? Isn't he amazing? So thankful and excited that um, just to be working alongside of John and um, just uh, it's been amazing. Anyway, hey, if you're ready to jump to your feet, go ahead and do it with me. And we're about to read the word of God. We're about to go to Genesis chapter 4. As we honor God's word this morning, we've been in the midst of a serious call, silent, silent. All right, after about six or seven of them, we're about catching up. Good stuff. And, you know, although silent killer sounds a little bit like a spooky, war, James Bond type kind of title movie, um, the reality is that this is a title or a term that is used in the healthcare um, uh, community talking about diabetes, talking about, um, you know, hypertension, uh, talking about just uh, high blood pressure and the difficult things that we go through. In other words, talking about like silent killers. And these are things that happen in the physical realm, although silent killers, we're talking about things that talk about in the spiritual realm. In other words, things about inside of you, who is you inside in the soul. So this morning, we're going to be wrapping up our series talking about Anger. Everybody say anger. That's what we're going to be talking about. Don't sound too angry. It's okay. Genesis chapter 4, if you're ready, say let's do this. Here we go. If you got your Bible, you can have it. If not, then it's up here. It is up there. I'm sometimes afraid to look because it is there. So anyway, um, and it goes like this. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, that is after a while, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel was also brought of the firstborn of his flock in their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel in his offering. But for Cain in his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother and Abel, against his brother Abel, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Am I my brother's keeper? Let's pray. Lord, oh, we need your help. And Father, we're here with open our hearts, open mind, to hear and receive what you have for us this morning. We pray these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Give an air high five to somebody. Air bump, air high, whatever, fist pump, whatever it is that we're doing nowadays. Have you ever gotten angry? All right, so we will be preaching about lying later. <laughs> 
some other week. Have you ever gotten angry? Have you ever done anything in anger? Have you ever felt anger towards something or someone? Okay, good. Let me tell you this story. A while back, and let me just throw a, a, just a quick, you know, just side note. This is BC, in other words, before Christ. This is your pastor. I am a pastor. But this story that I'm about to tell you, it happened before Jesus. So don't judge me, and if you judge me, it's on you, between you and God. Anyway, so all I got to say is this. Let me say this like this. I got out of the club at 3 o'clock in the morning, and you're like, oh, I know this is going to go bad. Yes, this is a pastor saying this. Got out of the club at 3 o'clock in the morning, and in, as every men's dream or most men dream, uh, we like to have, we would like to have a sports car. And so it happened to be that at the age of 24, I was able to buy me a RX-7. Some of you might be saying, like, what is that, like a transformer? What is that, like a liquid acid type thing? No, uh, RX-7 is a Mazda RX-7. It's a little sports car that is, like, super, super fast. And I'm telling you, it's, it's really, really exciting to drive one of those. Don't try this at home. Anyway, got in the car, took off. As I'm driving, I remember this is in Palm Beach. I'm on Okeechobee Boulevard, Congress Avenue. Next thing you know, the light changes. I'm on the red light. The light changes, and I take off. I mean, I got a car that goes really fast, especially in the first quarter mile. And I take off, and all I know is that I'm going under the underpath of the interstate. And next thing you know... As we know, the light, which is right there, there's another light, as we see it right here on 595 and 136. There's another light that if you time it correctly, that light would change green as you go through. Right? Well, you're supposed to slow down until the light changes green. For me, with my car in a hot rod, I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to slow down. So I'm like, dang, dang, and here it is. Going, I'm going like literally like almost about 60 miles per hour. And I'm like, man, this light better change. This light better change. And, and right at the time, the light changes. I'm like, yeah. And I go forward. And next thing you know, out of nowhere, somebody coming from the other side had the same thing in mind. I got to beat this light. I got to get this light. I got to get this light. And next thing you know, I get T-bone car starts spinning and spinning about three, spun around about three times, and I ended up on oncoming traffic facing the other direction, and as I'm looking, I'm like, man, what just happened? Man, something just, what just happened? And I'm like, oh, somebody hit me. And as I look at the distance, I can see the people coming out of the car. There's about three people in the car, um, the other car. They're coming out of the car, and I got so angry. I'm like, oh, they hit my car. And I took off and I ran into them. And I put it on reverse. Bam! And hit him again. And ran into it. Like I said, this is a BC story, okay? Let's get that straight. This is before Jesus. Transformation and redemption is real. I am a changed man. Things have changed. Please don't judge me or God. <laughs> Thank you, John, for hiring me. <laughs> anyway, nobody got hurt, praise God. And we were both on our way home. He had no insurance, so we really had to leave quickly. And my car was destroyed after that. And my dream as, uh, as a man of having a sports car kind of ended. Quickly. Have you ever gotten angry? See, we've been living in the age of rage, as they say it. An age when anger inflames everything around us. And to recently, the inability to control one's anger because it was something that it, it was okay, it was a laughing matter. In other words, we will laugh at things simple as, I'm going to pull out a gun to a crowd just to see them run. And even to the point to see late night talk host shows, shows making jokes about it, talking about road rage and how things, you know, happen in the road and people making fun of it and, and all these crazy things. Now, 
Today, the lack of impulse control is no rarity and no laughing matter. We live in a world that is aflame with anger. A recent New York Times documentary tells us the story of the outrage machine. Some of you probably heard that term before. The outrage machine, talking about social media and how with little, very little misinformation in a viral hashtag can rally a social media mob to cut to the heart of the character of a person because they simply don't agree with their stance or something that they believe in. Our constant state of unhinged outrage makes us unable to process reality, unable to determine wise courses of action, and we are unable to carry them through with calmness, deliberation, or even justice. We see this in our homes. We see the consequences of untamed anger. How many marriages have been uh, literally destroyed because of wrath, quarreling, and resentment? How many parents have traumatized their children? Just speaking words that destroys them. We have come, we have become a culture that sees red. And I'm not talking about red as in, you know, February 14, big heart, nice big red heart. We love each other. I'm talking about red as red as the light can be. Filled with anger and hate. We can become a culture that sees red. We have anger issues and we desperately need help. Can somebody say, I need help? And I believe this, as even as I was coming into this um, talk, I was talking about, like, Lord, we, we need faith to believe this. We need faith that we have what it takes to be able to change. So even today, I have faith in God that he can help us today. Do you believe that? Amen? All right, I got three stopping points along the way, very simple. And the first one is this. Why are you so angry? Say that to your neighbor. Why are you so angry? And this is the first question that God asked in the Bible to Cain. He says, why are you angry? Genesis 4, 6, it says it like this. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why have your face fallen? It's amazing to see what anger can do to a person. We may blow up at the boss. I'm tired of this. I can't take this anymore. You know what? You can take your jab and you can... Or you can, you know, clearly deal with anger in an inward way. You can, you know, your wife or your husband or someone that you love say, Honey, but what is wrong with you? Why are you so quiet? Why are you not talking to me? What's the matter? Like, did I did something wrong to you? And you give them the silent treatment. Or you deal with it in a gossip way, indirectly. Girl, did you see what she did? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe she did that. You better watch out hanging out with her like that. Look what she did to me. Can you believe her? Are you, are you upset about that? Me upset? No, I'm not upset. She's going to get the heart. Watch, she, it's, it's going to happen to her. It's the same thing that happened to me. It's going to happen to her. <laughs> when we get angry at a person or a thing, it comes out in three different ways. Either we blow up or we stay quiet or we leak it out. We make the wrong choices when any of these situations, the way we may talk about it, when we get angry, it comes out. Psalm 37a says it like this. Cease from being angry and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. See, anger is a dynamite to the soul. It has the power to disintegrate things within us and around us. It polarizes things. There's much research and facts that actually talks about that how anger affects your physical body, people around you, and it affects your will and your mind and your way to process through about making any decisions. Anger affects us physically, emotionally, socially, psychologically, spiritually. It affects us in every possible way that we can think of. And you might say, well, Robert, you know what, Pastor Robert, I, I really don't get angry. 
So leading up to this preaching, I was like, I was asking random people, hey, man, what, what makes you angry? What makes you angry? So I come to Pastor Malik. Anybody knows Pastor Malik, right? Pastor Malik. I come up to Pastor Malik. I'm like, hey, Pastor Malik, um, what makes you angry? Oh, uh, nothing makes me angry, Robert. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, dang, like, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to be hanging out with you. You're a lot more holy than me because I'm like, a lot of things make me angry. I'm like, no, like I'm preaching on anger. Can you please tell me what makes you angry? And he stares at me and says, you know what makes me angry, Pastor Robert? Bad preaching. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So if you see Pastor Malik after service upset, that means that Pastor Robert did not do a very good job. <laughs> oh, man. Some people might say, I don't get angry. What about some of these things? Have you ever gotten mad because someone cut you in line? Or someone ignores your feelings because of a breakup of in a relationship? Ever get angry because you felt like a failure? Because of past abuse, someone lied to you maybe? Because you had to wait a very, very long time at the store in a line? Because you're angry, because you, maybe your, your kids made you um, uh, annoyed. Maybe they got you upset. I mean, that doesn't really happen to many parents, right? Not really, no. Um, maybe you bang your toe in the middle of the night against something. Ugh. Am I the only one that gets upset about that? Okay, I mean, it's like, um, you ever get angry when you're in a hurry and you hit every single red light? Now, that's the devil right there. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's the devil, clearly. And you know you got an anger issue if you're not in a hurry and you hit the red light and you're still angry. <laughs> I got to admit, that's me. <laughs> my family is, my, well, my wife is always the Holy Spirit in the car. She's like, don't worry. It's going to be okay. We're not in a rush. I'm like, in a rush? What do you mean? We got to get to the house. For what? We're not doing anything. No, but I got to get home. <laughs> Ever get mad when your boss doesn't appreciate you? Or someone at work takes the credit for something that you did? Or when the driver in front of you is going very, very, very slow? Oh, no. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, Lord. Ever get angry when you go to your closet to pick something out and the hanger gets hung as if it doesn't want you to wear the, the itself, like it gets hung and you're like, oh, I want to. And you try to yank or you literally yank the hanger off the hang. You ever get angry? This is, uh, this is interesting. You ever get angry when somebody is turning and they, put, they don't put their, their turning signal? <laughs> That's Pastor John. There you go. And Zach, I see you. That's why they're there. There's a reason why we got to use our turning signal. So if you don't use your turning signal, don't be in front of Pastor John, okay? These are things that happen to everyone. We all respond in some type of anger when these things happen to us. But some people don't even know that you're angry. As some of us from childhood have learned or have been taught that we are to suppress it and not show the emotion. And now we find ourselves trying to figure out, man, how do I cope with the feelings that I have inside? And they might manifest in many different ways. We can get angry at many different things, being disrespected, feeling violated, being physically harmed. Let me turn this on, right? Being physically harmed, being interrupted when you are trying to achieve a goal, feeling powerless, high levels of stress, of anxiety, lack of sleep, disappointment, or unmet expectations. We often get angry when our pursuits are blocked. Why are you so angry? There was a recent poll that came out that says in asking people um, uh, if anger is a negative emotion. And seven out of ten people said that anger is actually a negative emotion. And this is the big issue that we see in our problem in our culture. Anger is seen as a virtue, as something that we must do. 
age of rage, shout it out, it's pandemic, it's politics, it's global warming, it's racism, it's the 21st century America. We're going to anger our way through no matter what because we want to see change. Any emotion, untamed or unruly, is dangerous and it brings about negative consequences. And the effect of it, the results of it, is people motivated by hate and fear. Why are we so angry? And see, we're tempted to think that this is something new, and it's not. The age of rage, no, it's not a new thing. This actually happened all the way from the beginning. See, anger is an emotion given by God. What? How can that be? Psalm 103a says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Slow to anger? God? Yes. But the theology there is this. Slow to anger basically means patient. That's basically what it means. Ephesians 4, 26, 27 says, Be angry and do not sin. The Bible is telling us, don't be angry and don't, and don't sin. What? So there is a way for me to get angry at something or someone and not sin? See, positively speaking, it can be a healthy emotion that motivates us to correct attitudes, behavior, or injustices that we may perceive that it's wrong. Jesus, we see this with Jesus. When he comes to the temple, he's flipping tables. He never touched no one. But he was flipping tables. And that what I love about the, what the scripture says is that he, zeal for my father's house consumes me. I mean, I can see that. Something that you're passionate about that is consuming you can drive you to a point of like, man, something must be done. Something's got to be done right. Oh, David, as Goliath says, oh, your God this and your God that. And David's like, Where's my slingshot? Wait a minute. Who are you talking to? What? You giant, you, watch what's going to happen to you now. Talking about righteous anger, right? Now, negatively speaking, unresolved anger, stuffed anger, explosive anger, leaked out anger can become a doorway for the enemy. Lest you give the enemy a foothold for spiritual warfare to flare up and all hell breaks loose in our life, in the lives of those around us. Therefore, when you get angry, you need to pay attention. We need to pay attention because with this reaction, your emotion, your anger is telling you something. In other words, why are we so angry? Point number one. Point number two, anger is an indicator. Anger is an indicator. In other words, you're getting angry for a reason, but that's actually an indicator. If anger was a part of a tree, it will not, it will not be the branches, it will not be the trunk, it will be actually the fruit. So something deep down inside in the root system, something is not right. Uh, if you, you know, talking about the analogy of cars and if you ever driven a car where the engine light actually comes on, um, there's three things that you can do with that. Have you ever that ever happened to you? You're driving a car and the engine light comes on, right? So three things that you can actually do with that. Number one, you can probably ignore it, right? That's the first one. Number two, you can overreact to it. Or number three, you can actually do something about it. Number one, you may say, you know what? Ah, that's just a sensor. It's no big deal. I'm going to, it's okay. The car's still driving. It's not sputtering. It's not shutting off. I'm going to continue going. I, that's, that's me. Anyway, I've I done that. Or you can overreact. Honey, this car is a piece of junk. I am done with it. Let's park it on the side of the road, and we're going to go buy us a new one. That would be nice. Not in that manner would be nice, but to buy a new car, Right? Or we can actually deal with it. Man, what's wrong with this car? Man, that's, that's concerning. I, I need to figure out what, what's the problem with this. And we can try to figure out and really dig down deep 
to see what the problem is. Because the reality is with anger, we deal with it in the same way. We can either overreact to it or we can stuff it. It's no big deal. Or we can say, you know what? I got to dig deep. Something inside is not right. It is an indicator that something within my heart, within my soul, is not at peace. See, God asked Cain, why are you so angry? Did God not know that he was angry? I'm pretty sure he knew that. You can tell somebody's angry. I mean, I believe the reason why God was asking Cain this question was because he wanted Cain to identify and recognize this emotion. If not identify, in other words, you, I, I want you to recognize this because the very same thing that you're dealing with right now can actually take even deeper root and this can become who you are. The question was to help him see, understand the state of being, his, his emotion. You're angry, and let me say this, your anger is actually powerful. It's only words that God saying this. And this is an indicator that something is not right. And some of us have actually felt that. I'm being loud and, you know, expressive. I'm not angry. I just want you to feel the weight that if you for some time now have felt, man, I'm angry. I know something is not right within me. Today is going to be your day. I really feel like God is about to do something special. And see, and some of us have realized that anger is powerful. And if not brought under control, it can be deadly. God never said, why are you angry? You shouldn't be angry. Don't let anger take you. You shouldn't feel like this. He didn't say that. He was trying to help him, Cain, or help us sense, make a sense of the situation. You see, a lot of times when we're angry, our perceptions is skewed. Our sense is not right. Proverbs 19.11 says, good sense makes one slow to anger. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's almost like the, the answer to our issue is right here in this verse. Good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook an offense. Oh, I don't like that part. I don't like that part. Overlooking offense. Robert, do you know what has happened to me? I can't let it go. You must not know, Pastor. And you're right, I don't. But I tell you this Jesus knows, and He sees it, and He wants to set you free today. See, anger is an indicator that something underneath us it's wrong it's an indicator that is letting you know that something deep inside is something is off something is not right it is a warning that something deep inside of you is an issue anger has a way of making you feel invincible it makes you feel like you are in control it makes you feel like you are going to dominate the situation it makes you feel so powerful it makes you feel like you are untouchable but if not careful, and if you're not paying attention, the very same thing that God gave as a gift, anger, can be used and distorted in ways that can destroy our lives and it can destroy the lives of those around us. It can actually shift in a moment and someone, a situation or something can use that momentum the world can use that momentum, but oftentimes, as we see that 7 out of 10 people think that anger is a negative thing, seven out of, it, it tells you, right, that anger is actually negative and it's bad. Proverbs 25, 28 says, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. See, anger is like a fire. A fire in a fire pit or in a, uh, a fireplace is a beautiful thing. It's warming, relaxing, enjoyable. But fire out in a dry, weary land can be devastating. It can actually pulverize and destroy an entire town. In spring of 19, I'm sorry, spring of 1893, um, 
the Baltimore Orioles, for those who like baseball. I know some of you are like, what? What is baseball? What is that? It's a sport. Um, there's still some teams out there. and still. By the way, they were almost in the playoffs, if you didn't know. And I'm, I'm a Yankee fan, so I, I like the Yankees. New York Yankees. Okay, there you go. Let's go. All right. I know there's a lot more Yankee haters than Yankee, whatever. Another talk for another day. And so the Baltimore Orioles came into town to Boston to play a game. And it happens to be that one of the um, players from the Baltimore Orioles got into a fight with one of the Boston um, baseball players. In that fight, next thing you know, um, both dugouts, everybody's on the field fighting with each other to the point that I actually escalated to the stands and the fans went at it with each other and it went from bad to worse. To where someone somewhere within the stands set the whole thing on fire and the entire stadium came down to flames and it destroyed the whole town, the, the whole uh, ballpark. To the point that over 100 buildings around the stadium got burned down. And it all started with two men being angry at each other. If you have an anger itch issues, chances are that there's an underlying silent killer inside of you that has made his home in your soul. It may be pride, it may be anxiety, it may be greed, envy, bitterness, unforgiveness, shame. Why are you so angry? Your anger is an indicator that something is wrong. And point number three, don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on it. We have heard that term before. Oh, girl, don't sleep on him. You know he's going he's gonna to play the game. Don't sleep on him. He's got, he's got this slick way of talking to you. Don't let, him, don't let him talk you into it. Genesis 4, 7 says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crunching at the door. His desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. See, God is telling Cain, don't sleep on your anger. Don't let the sun go down. As it says in Ephesians 4, 26, it says, be angry and do not sin. He's saying, get angry. It's okay. Go ahead. I, I, I gave you the emotion. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Get angry. Get angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down. In other words, don't sleep on it. Your anger, next thing you know, it gives an opportunity to the devil. God is telling Cain, don't sleep on it. Your anger, if you let it go down and the sun comes down, guess what's going to happen? When the, sun, when the morning comes up, you're going to have a whole new fresh thought about the person that angered you. Man, you know what? I'm not going to talk to her right now. I'm going to let her come to me. You know what? I'm going to call in for work. Let them deal with it. I'm done with that. James 1.19.20 says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Unrighteous anger, retain anger, unrighteous anger, retain anger gives birth to sin. When you retain your anger, it actually becomes a proper soil in your soul to be birthed into sin. Unrighteous anger starts as an emotion, but if left unchecked or undealt with inappropriately, it becomes your identity. Angry at him, angry at her, angry at that, angry at this. And eventually, you're just angry. See, righteous anger is on the other side. Righteous anger is fueled by love, not personal, not permanent. God doesn't have it out for you. He wants to set you free. If anything, he was like, he's indicating and letting you know, like something inside of you is not right. I see it. Many people around you see it. You sometimes see it. But I, I want to tell you this. Today, I want to set you free once and for all. 
Ezekiel 33, 11 says, as I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from its way and live. God has righteous anger in his longing for repentance and redemption. That's what he desires. You might say, well, Robert, how do I deal with my anger? Well, number one thing is this. We don't suppress our emotions. We redirect our emotions. We redirect our emotions towards God. So how do I deal with anger? A few thoughts that I have here about this. First one is this. Don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on it. Number one, identify identified what makes you angry number two pray it's actually okay to pray when you're angry there's nothing wrong with that if anything that will be your to go that will be the first thing identify pray ask God to give you grace when you're feeling angry let it out number three let it out speak to someone about it let them know like hey man like I am going through this. You can talk to your microchurch leader. You can talk to a friend that you trust. Let them know like, hey, man, like I, I, I noticed myself getting angry about things and this is not right. And number four, avoid triggers. In other words, things that make you angry, avoid them. If you get on social media and reading some things anger you, don't read social media. Fast from it. That's a simple one, right? Right? <laughs> Joel 2.13 says, so render your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. 2 Peter 3.9 says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that you should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Worship team, you can come up. You know, this is something very near and dear my heart. I grew up in a, I grew up in a very hostile, the Spanglish was going to come out there. Grew up. <laughs> I grew up in a very hostile environment in my house, and I will always see my mom and dad um, angry at each other and mad. And, and if you don't believe in spiritual um, warfare or you don't believe in, you know, um, generational curses, it's real. It's almost like you become accustomed to the environment in which you are developing in. And that's real. And so I grew up in a very hostile home and um, watching my dad year after year abused my mom verbally and physically, and he that trickled down to us as well. And so here it is, fast forward, I'm about 30 years old. I, I, I met this amazing, wonderful, lovely, beautiful woman named Karina. And up to this point, you know, I knew I had an issue with anger, but I didn't realize what it was. And something happened when I got married. No, my wife did not get me angry. <laughs> she did not. But there's something about when you get married that things inside of you for some reason begin to be exposed and magnified. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the rubbing of the shoulder. I don't know if, the, if it's really that the, that the wife is actually the helper as the Holy Spirit is the helper. And it brings that conviction inside of us. I don't know what it is. But there's something about when you get married and if you're wishing to get married. Amen. You're wishing a good thing, but be ready because things are going to be magnified and exposed. I can give you so many stories of how much anger I felt towards my wife calling me out on some wrong things that I was doing. And I remember very particular this one incident that I had. I was really angry and upset and mad. And, and up to this point, to be fair, I didn't even know what I would, why I would get angry. I mean, she will say, like, things like, hey, can you just take out the trash? Ah! Like, I will get upset. I'm like, it's like the weirdest thing. Like, I would just get angry. But the fact of, like, her having to remind me 
to take out the trash, something or touch something inside that was not right. And I remember this particular day as I, I'm getting ready to do something, and she, she said a couple of things, and I, I kind of burst out and, and said some things to her back and out of anger. And I said, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm done with this. And I went out the door, and I slammed the door so hard that the door actually broke. The frame of the door broke, and it came off the hinges. In that moment, I got in the car, and I started driving, and I felt this sense of defeat. I felt that nobody understands what I fear. Nobody knows anything. And it happened to be that it was a Tuesday. So that Tuesday night, I show up to men's group. And as I'm sitting in men's group, defeated, beat down, not feeling worthy, we're in a Holy Spirit moment. Who loves the Holy Spirit here? We're in a Holy Spirit moment. And this guy out of the corner comes and says, hey, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, I see this door. And it's almost like this door is breaking in pieces. I, I really don't know, but I feel like somebody needs to know that the door is going to be okay. But that door is something, is something is wrong with the door. And he was trying to piece it together. As the Bible says, we prophesied in part. We prophesied in part. And as he kept on saying that, something inside of me was just eating me alive. And I'm like, Lord, I know he's talking to me. Lord, I know you see me. If you're using this man that he doesn't even know that I'm dealing with it. And the ironic thing was that he, that was like his second time there. He was a brand new guy. I'm like, man, how does this guy know this? See, <laughs> but God, nothing goes unnoticed. He sees you. And obviously the story goes like this. I ended up confessing to my small group leader, my microchurch leader. This is years ago. I don't know, maybe, heck, like 14, 15 years ago, something like that. I confessed to him, and he's like, Robert, you getting angry? You get angry? I'm like, yeah, man, like, I, I punch holes in the wall. I have rage inside of me. Like, I'm really dealing with it. This is bad. He's like, not you, Robert. I was like, yeah, like, me, I, I, I deal with this. He's like, Robert, how many times have I seen you angry? I'm like, never, zero. Then he said these words. He said, Robert, you can control your anger. You have what it takes to control your anger. The Holy Spirit of God inside of you has what it takes to give you the self-control to be able to deal with your anger. And he said these words. He's like, when you get angry, redirect your emotion to God. And he made that motion. I will never forget that. He made that motion as if God was up there somewhere. And I'm like. But I walked out of that place still defeated. But hopeful. And knowing that God was noticing me. And that he wanted to set me free. Went home. I repented. And it's been a journey. It's been a journey. I hate red lights. I really do. Please pray for your pastor. But I have a sense that some of us, even today, have not paid attention to some of the indicators of how God is trying to tell you, I see that you're angry. And he is trying to remind us and say, there's something inside of you that needs to be dealt with. We've been in this series talking about deep things things that are going to the root and I'm like I was telling Pastor John the other day I'm like John I, I don't know how popular this is like we're calling people out to deal with their anger that's that's shameful it's hard it's difficult it's not easy but with God all things are possible because it is not in your strength it is him through his spirit leading you, bringing the conviction in your heart. And you know what I'm talking about. You know exactly because even right now, some of you feel it right now. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to a time 
of this, um, this song that I really feel from the Lord, realizing that we need the help of God in this matter. So if you stand to your feet and we can worship here for a little bit and then we'll close our worship. something in um and, and even as I call some of these things just the, just so you know the altars are going to be open or they're open right now as we speak if you want to just surrender to Jesus your anger he's okay to receive it and um I got a few thoughts here um the first one is um there's someone that has had hateful thoughts towards people you have loved before and now those thoughts are in you and they are lies from hell and they want to kill you, they want to steal from you your purpose, and they want to destroy your life. Come forward and trust in God. He has abundant life for you. Someone has been having fits of rage. Don't be afraid to show God your weakness. He's wanting to make you strong. Someone got, um, someone got slapped when you were a child, and that marked you. And the Lord sees your pain. He says, bring your pain to me. I want to give you comfort. Someone had, um, has had outbursts of anger that is making you feel exhausted. The Lord is saying, come to me. Let me refresh you. The Lord showed me a specific gender, a female, um, crying uncontrollably in a couch. You have not been able to shake off some of the anger that you feel inside of you. And there's this one specific thought that um, one of our um, prayer leaders had. It says that they had a picture during worship of a bull in a ring with a killer. And it says, I think it's a picture of anger unaddressed. How the enemy will use it to slowly kill us and make a spectacle, a spectacle of us in the process. We miss the target every time and your soul slowly dies. The word 
I have been hearing this morning is compassion. Proverbs 3, 6 says, says, acknowledge God in all your ways and he will make your path straight. Even in the anger, we can acknowledge the compassion of God and his effects will make everything clear. If there has been any confusion, shame, or disorientation is because our focus is wrong on the wrong target. But if we could acknowledge the compassion of Jesus, even in our anger, everything will make sense and fall into place. Prayer team, if you come forward, I, I really have the sense that some of you cannot leave here without coming forward. The Lord is basically saying, come to me. And there was this one specific word that I really felt like the Lord was really highlighting out of all this. It was that some of you are feeling disappointed. And that disappointment has taken root to the point that you feel that God is disappointed at you. And I am here to remind you that Jesus is not disappointed in you. He sees your pain and he sees where you're at. So church, come on forward. All prayer is out and then you're welcome to leave. If you want to receive prayer, come on forward. Father, we thank you that you reveal yourself to us in such a way. Lord, you want to set us free. You want to set us free from anger. And Lord, even to be using anger in a way that is righteously unto you. Lord, we ask that you keep us, protect us, keep us safe, Lord. And we ask you that you will lead us even throughout the week and even in our micro churches this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Church, be blessed and go in peace.